You're listening to Behind the Bliss, a weekly podcast where Rachel Autry brings conversations to you from women that share what's behind their highlight reel. Each episode is designed for you to see a message from the mess and encourage you to find balance in the bliss. We know that what you're facing is important for shaping who God has created you to be. Some may say it's a process that often happens behind the bliss. Here's today's episode. Hey friends, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss. Happy December 30th. (laughs) This is crazy that tomorrow is New Year's Eve. I don't know what you've got planned. I'm sure you've got a big celebration in store to celebrate what 2021 might be, and maybe you're celebrating 2020 being over. And if that is you, then girl, this episode is going to be perfect timing. Today, Hannah Brencher joins us for a conversation about what it's like to start fresh, to fight forward and gives us a pretty good guide to beating the lies that might be holding you back that we for sure don't want us holding us back in 2020. You might recognize Hannah from episode 44 where she joined us in a conversation about her story through depression, her fight forward and what that practically looked like, and her book Come Matter Here. Well, our homegirl just wrote another book and it releases in a few days called Fighting Forward. Hannah is my go-to girl when it comes to words of comfort, inspiring, and truth. So if you're dealing with fear about a fresh start, if you're intimidated to just say yes and start fresh, even if it's not on December 31st, if you are scared of failure, hello, all the hands go up, then this episode is something you're going to want to continue to play and listen to. In Fighting Forward, Hannah shares personal stories of developing daily rhythms and sustainable faith, like legit faith, in the midst of this crazy culture of hustle. If that's not you, then it's definitely me, and I think we could all use some of this as we wave 2020 goodbye and welcome 2021 in with open arms. But here is a message that you'll hear us say from the beginning to the end of the episode, that new year does not equal new you, that it actually takes discipline, everyday obedience, and small steps in a direction to fight forward and to claim hope and joy for the days ahead of you. It's not always a calendar day. It's not always a new year that's going to bring that to you. And so today we unpack this message and give you a fresh hope, fresh perspective, ask you to make some mind shift changes with lots of love and giggles along the way. Hannah, thanks for joining us again. I loved our conversation back in episode 44, and I'm so looking forward to this one together too. Thank you. I'm so happy to be back. It's always so much fun to be able to come back for a second time. One, I have to say, we talked about this before we started recording, but a lot has changed between- (laughs) A lot. Oh my gosh. Our first conversation and then now, I can't help but just giggle at how fast things happen. Thank you, Lord. But then also, like- you know, we were just talking, has this year crawled by or has it flown by? We don't know. It's, yeah, I think it's probably different for every person, you know, like I'm always joking about how I feel like I'm still in April. Um, But at the same time, I have to remind myself of like, wait, what, wait, what month is it? I just feel like COVID yeah. has thrown everything off. I feel a lot of people feel that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was funny. It got cold one morning all of a sudden. And I looked at Thomas, my husband, and I was like, I don't think we got a, we didn't get a summer. He's like, we totally got a summer. We couldn't vacation. Yeah. It just was so different. I guess like our rhythms and routines feel off. Yeah. So I get it. Like it feels like 
It feels like May. It feels like August, kind of. It does. I know. I'm like, I don't, kids went back to school. If they did, I'm not really even sure about it. I don't even know. Like, I really don't know. To be determined. (laughs) Yeah, we'll figure it out. (laughs) We'll figure it out. But one of the things that has changed has been your daughter, Novi. She's now the sweet part of your family. Yes. I want to know, like, is it weird to think back and be like, I don't even know. Here's what my mom friends have said is like, it's weird to think about a life without her. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how did I live without him? Yeah. I don't think, um, I definitely feel that way. And I think the last time that we had our interview, I didn't have, we didn't have plans for her. We didn't, you yeah. know, we just were very open handed with the situation. And now I look at it and I'm like, and you probably feel this of like, wow, I feel so much more fulfilled in what I'm doing. And like, just life takes on a whole different meaning, but it also like, I felt so much contentment in the last Mm -hmm. like year of my life of having her and even having a dog. We did not have a dog the last time that we chatted. And (laughs) all of a sudden now we have this rescue dog that I just like love so much. And I don't know, like it just shifted my perspective in so many good ways. Which is amazing. Yeah. Praise God. I think we all need perspective shifts every once in a while. Yes. We get caught in ruts, you know, and it takes something like a gift for the Lord to kind of wake us up. Totally. And in the midst of all of it, you now have a book. Yes. Fighting Forward. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Another baby, basically. Hello. <laughs> it is, yeah. And I wrote I wrote Fighting Forward. Um, right before, actually the day I finished fighting for it is the day we found out that I was pregnant with Novi. So yeah, like, and that was totally, totally the Lord because we were like trying, not trying in the sense of like, we're going to kind of figure this out, you know? Um, but like very much, I kind of thought, you know, it's probably going to take a really long time, you know? And I'm just like, I'm open to whatever God is going to do. And then like, I remember feeling a little bit off, feeling like, okay, like, I don't know, like, I'm not going to get my hopes up or anything, but I just didn't, like, you can kind of feel something's going on. Yeah. And so I- Off is the best word, for sure. Off, exactly. And I ordered a uh, pregnancy test on Amazon Prime, and I was like, whenever it shows up, that will be time for me to take the test. I didn't look at when it was going to (laughs) arrive. I just kind of ordered it, let it go, because I was like, I don't want to go to Target, I have to finish this book. And I finished the book. I remember finishing it. And it was like the most anticlimactic thing in the world of like, okay, now it's done. What do we do? And I remember my mom being like, you need to go out and just celebrate. Like you just finished a book. Like go at least like eat a dessert somewhere, you know, go out for dinner. And so we went out to dinner and we came home and it was like nine o'clock at night and the pregnancy test was sitting on the doorstep. And so no way. Yeah. We took the test and I was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm pregnant. Like it was (laughs) crazy the way that it was all orchestrated. And I had a feeling that night I was like, okay, God, if you are working in this story how I think you're working in this story, then chances are this is a girl that I'm carrying because I had just finished this book that was, I constantly asked myself throughout writing Fighting For, what would you tell your daughter? What would you tell your daughter? And I, I asked that question so that I could just go, I could feel permission to go 
deeper and more personal than I naturally would if it was somebody I didn't know. And so I just felt like in that moment, I'm like, I'm probably having a daughter. Like that probably would be God's plan right now. And sure enough, it is a little girl in our house now. Wow. From glory to actual glory. Right? Cool things keep happening. Yes. So. Uh, Okay. Which is kind of counter opposite. Counter opposite. Is that a thing? No. It's kind of opposite to what I feel like 2020 has been. I mean, mm. if you just say 2020, I feel like it's kind of like Macbeth. You just don't say the word. You know what I mean? <laughs> like like once the year's Voldemort. over. Yeah. We're like, we're over it. And that's kind of as I was reading through Fighting Forward, what I was gathering from it. Um, One of the messages that I can just tell is rumbling around the world. is like, can't wait for 2021 or like, can't mm. wait till 2020 is over or whatever. But what I would want people to realize and what I learned through this book, just like a new revelation, is that we can't put our hope in a new year. And our problems don't just like dissolve at midnight. On right. Year's and I kind of want to like, I don't know, like, I'm like, can I just like get some people in my living room or something at the start of the new year? Because I feel like some people are going to need that reminder that like, oh, no, 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 guys, like, this doesn't yeah. mean things are going to change. And I can already hear the rhetoric coming up from people of like, oh, new year, goodbye, 2020. And I'm like, oh gosh, but what if it's more of the same? Yeah. What if? What if? We're not promised anything with December 31st. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And you've written this book really for your readers to get some play-by-plays on how to find hope because it's not in a date. It's not in a quote-unquote fresh start that like the calendar gives us. Um, Tell us where the heart of this book really came from. You said it was kind of writing for your daughter, but content-wise – Why were you like, all right, Hannah, let's do this thing? You know, I love this book because I feel like this is such a different book than the other two that I've written in the past. I feel like both of those books had a chronological feel to them. I was very clearly telling a story. And this was the first time that there was no chronological storyline to go by. And so I really got the chance to sit down and say, like, how do I want to equip my readers? Like, how, if I could tell them anything in the world, what would I tell them? And, like, I get to pack an entire book with this. And so, like, the premise of the book is based off of these, what I like to call fight songs. And really fight songs for me, like, they're not actual, like, songs that you sing out because that might be a little bit weird. (laughs) Um, But to me, they're kind of like if I could write letters to people like the chapters are shorter and the topics are all over the map but every one of them is just packed and marinated with the hope that you would go out and you would live your life and you wouldn't be a spectator and you would make stuff happen because I think we are living in a time right now where we're just watching one another and we're thinking it's enough and it's not like your life will not be lived By watching other people on a screen, you've got to do something for yourself. And so I think that's really the heartbeat of fighting forward is that like life is a struggle. It is a fight. And so let's fight forward if we're going to go in a direction. Mm -hmm. Which is good. I have heard this before where like your feet face forward on purpose, the same Mm -hmm. direction as your face faces. Yeah. So it's like you're not walking backwards looking in another direction. Like we're all moving in the same trajectory and it feels more natural if you're going on a walk to walk forward. Totally. And totally. That is what this is. Is if you're going to fight, like don't leave, don't obviously like you can't just scratch the things that happened in 2020 because fortunately and sometimes unfortunately, they are making up the broken pieces of who you are, which I'd love to get to that in a second. 
But at the same time, there is hope to come. Like we yeah. are promised hope and a future and all the things that we can have through Jesus. Yeah. And so I would want to hear your encouragement for someone that needs to hear like let's say their 2020 was an actual dumpster fire mm-hmm. and they like they it's it's hard for them to not hold on to 2021 as their hope mm. because it just was so broken and it, and it feels like the best fresh start. How would you encourage them in the ways that God uses these broken pieces to kind of knit together a new story for them? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And I think that, you know, that's what we were just talking about before is this idea of like, okay, like, well, you know, once 2020 is gone, then I'm going to get a fresh start. And I just kind of want to say like, you can start over at any time. Like you don't need to wait for December 31st. It can start right now. And like, if you believe that God can't take what has been ruined or broken or damaged and use it for new purposes, like then your God is too small, you know, like, I feel like there's this chapter in fighting forward about um, rebuilding on the ruins and about how like, God delivers this message in Jeremiah to the people that the city would be rebuilt on its ruins. And I never noticed that until like, just, I remember it was at the strike of a new year that I remembered that. And God was like, carry that like for this year to come. It's like, you want to look back and see all these ruins. This was from 2017 that I had a year that just felt like it was full of ruins, like a dumpster fire, like you said. <laughs> um, and I so badly wanted to be like, it's done. It's over. Close the door. We're never going back there again. And God led me to that passage of like, the city will be rebuilt on its ruins. And it was just a wake up call to me of like, wait a minute. No, like my ruins are a part of this. You're going to use this. And so I would encourage people like that don't want to look back on 2020 to look back on 2020 to figure out like, yes, something's broke, but like, what did you learn? What did you gain? What perspective do you have now that you wouldn't have had otherwise? It's really important that we, we learn things from what we've gone through if we want to grow stronger and then be able to help somebody go through that same thing in the future. Yeah. I'm sitting here. I'm thinking through, I've totally been in this place before. I want to know kind of like, what do you think it is that holds people back from just starting now today? Like, let's say they have their earphones in their ears. They're listening to this on a walk, doing dishes, whatever. And they're like, okay, today's going to be my fresh start. Why do you think it's just so hard for people to just start now? Redo. I think it's because, I mean, I think it's twofold. I think it's really easy to say, okay, like, Tomorrow at the strike of midnight, it's going to be a fresh start. That's why we all love the new year because we believe for like a brief 24 hours that like we can actually change, right? Um, And you set your resolutions and you're like, I'm going to wake up and be a new person. And then by January 10th, you're still the same person. Nothing has changed. And so I think that it's not so much that we don't like believe it. I think that we have a lot of probably habits and disciplines and old um, kind of old anthems that we've been believing for far too long that hold us back from changing. I think so much of it is changing your mindset, changing what you believe about yourself, changing what you believe about God. And, and I've been in that space and I will tell you, 
it is heavy lifting. It is not like, oh, today I'm going to think better about myself. It's like, no, we're going to have to do this day after day after day over and over and over again until it feels monotonous and tired. But I think that like, you know, some people will say that people can't change. I don't believe that at all. But I think first what has to change is like, the way that you see yourself and what you believe for how you can change. And like, I I just think so much of the Bible, like that's in there and we just don't see it. We kind of show up with like, okay, well, my willpower is going to be the thing that allows me to change. And like your willpower is going to deteriorate. It's not going to actually bring any substantial change. At some point you need to change what's inside of you and like what you believe about yourself and God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's funny people that have that kind of mindset of, you know, I, it's going to be hard for me to start over. Fresh starts are intimidating and it's hard Mm. for them to do that mind shift change. I think really what I would want to do is take them to coffee and be like, but do you know the gospel? Cause that is the gospel, right? Is like having a beautiful exchange between our brokenness and someone else's sacrifice who literally raised from the dead. So it's like, okay, if you are having a hard time that God can turn anything around, then do you believe Jesus rose from the dead? Because totally. Yeah. People that don't even consider themselves Christians know the story of Jesus. So it's like, do you take that to heart to believe that that's what God's mm. doing inside of you? He's resurrecting things. Yeah. And and I get that. I mean, I I've definitely been at that spot of like, okay, like a fresh start is intimidating. And I don't like I've tried so many times and I've failed so many times. And I think sometimes like what we have to come back to and I bring it up so many times in fighting forward is this idea of like small steps, you know, baby steps. If you want substantial change, you've got to break it down. And I think that's why a lot of resolutions fail is because you can't be a different person overnight. I mean, there are some people that prove that you can do that, but I think that that's way more the outlier than it is the norm, you know? Like, you're Mm going to have to, like, say, for instance, you want to, like, get into your Bible more this upcoming year. Like, you're not going to wake up the next morning and be like, and this is it. I'm ready to read the entire Bible. (laughs) But, like, maybe setting smaller goals of, like, okay, like, twice this week I'm going to be in it or – 15 minutes a day, breaking it up into something manageable so that you can start to see the changes adding up. Like, I want that for, I want that for every person, for them to know, like, no, you can change. Like, it is possible. You're not too far gone. No one is ever too far gone. Amen. Never too far gone. Never. So good. I want to hear some of the you talk about this in your book, but can you give us a Sparknotes version of some of the kind of decisions and habits and rhythms that we can get into when we do choose a fresh start that might help us claim hope, leave fear behind, and actually start fighting forward? Oh, gosh. There's so – I mean, there's so many. The whole book, obviously, is like packed with them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. But, yeah, I think – what are some of my favorite ones? I mean, one of the things that – and I just brought it up um, loosely. I love this idea of like of 15 minutes of that you have space in your day. Everyone has 15 minutes. You can say that you don't, but like – guaranteed we've all spent 15 minutes yeah. scrolling somewhere <laughs> or watching Netflix. And it's like, if, if change feels really hard, then just commit to 15 minutes, you know, just commit to showing up. There's this story in the book that I tell um, that I read about in a book called Atomic Habits 
about a man who really wanted to lose weight. He was obese. He really wanted to turn his life around, but like he couldn't go zero to a hundred. And so he would drive to the gym and he would walk inside of the gym. Um, And for the longest time, that's all he did. He just walked into the gym and he stayed there for a few minutes and then he left. He never picked up a weight. He didn't go to a machine. Like he just got to the gym. He showed up and then gradually he started to stay longer and longer and longer and really like dominated his fitness journey but it, it all starts with showing up. And I, I mean, like, you have to show up even when you're afraid or when you're scared. I don't, I don't think we should wait for the day when the fear isn't there because I, I think fear is always probably going to be a part of the journey, you know? And if yeah. you stop being afraid of one thing, like, something else is going to show up. And I think that's the enemy trying to hold us back from where God wants us to go. And so becoming fluent in that art of showing up, even when you're petrified, you're nervous, like, it's okay that you're nervous, and you're scared. But like, at the end of your life, you're going to look back and either you'll have done the things you set out to do, or you'll have broken your own heart. And so I asked myself that all the time of like, do you want to break your own heart on this? Like, no, like, I want to I want to fight forward. I want to move into all the avenues I believe that God has for me. And I want to believe that it's going to be good, that he is good and he has set me on a good path. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of my favorites was evict the envy. Oh, right. Oh, (laughs) learning that every day. Bill, I was about to say, it's funny, you probably write it and a lot of my author friends are like, it's funny when I write it is whenever I experience it. It's like God's really bringing me through it mm-hmm. <laughs> as I'm writing words on the page. But um, you talk about the difference between envy and jealousy. They're not the same things. Yeah. But one of the phrases you use that has stuck with me is experiencing eyedropper amounts of joy. Mm. Like what a cool picture. Like it, I think this applies to anything, whether it's joy or whatever kind of fruit that you want to claim, being able to experience an eyedropper amount is so good. Like it doesn't have to be waterfall. It doesn't have to be a bucket dump. Right. If it's just an eyedropper amount, praise God, there's change, right? Yep. And you just need to be able to count that though. Like you need to be yes. able to collect that evidence or else you'll go day after day after day thinking nothing has changed, right? Like especially mm-hmm. with that, like that, envy. I think a lot of people deal with envy, whether we talk about it or not, because it's not the prettiest topic in the world to admit to, right? Like, oh yeah, I'm just struggling with wanting what other people have. It feels, it feels kind of ugly, but I think too, like experiencing those victories in small portions and like continually dragging it out into the light, which is something I talk about a lot. It's like, okay, if you know that you're dealing with envy, continue to drag it out into the light and place it before God. Don't wait for it to creep up on you because it will. And when it does, it's going to take you down. So like, what if instead of playing defense, we went on the offense and we said, okay, you know what? I'm going to drag it out into the light today. I'm going to start dealing with it. And then like, I promise, like if you keep dealing with it, you are going to reach a point where it is behind you where that is no longer your struggle anymore, but it starts with dealing with it. Yeah. In our last episode, we dove into a deeper look at your story and your fight with depression Mm. and ways that you found light in those little eyedropper amounts of joy in the midst of it. 
And you're honest in this book too, which was really refreshing to be able to read it again, but then hear your practical steps because we're all about practicals around here. On behind the list. I'm like, we can talk fancy all we want, but like, girl, what do I do? (laughs) And so that's what this book is. How did sharing the story of yours help you see light when things felt too dark and overwhelming? Because I I can imagine a lot of our friends are experiencing maybe a new darkness they've never known before. Well, I think I can look back on Fighting Forward and I can see that like, it's almost like I've built a manual of everything that has worked for me. And I, and I say at the very beginning, you know, like I can't, I can't give you the map because you have to draw the map Mm -hmm. for yourself, but I can cheer you on. I can tell you what worked for me, but like none of these things in this book are going to work if you don't actually step up to the plate and do them, you know? But I think that this is just another example. I, I experienced it with come matter here as well of like, okay, like you went through the dark, you went through hard things, you came out on the other side of it. And now you get to help other people go through those same woods. And and that is like being able to look at my life and not just see this is a story for me. Like, no, this is a story that I went through so that other people could find hope. And like, I don't know, that place is such a bigger, um, I don't know, that just makes everything feel like it holds more mm-hmm. purpose. Like, okay, like if I spend my whole entire life going, like trying to avoid heartbreak or anything that's hard or scary like god is not asking me to pray the take it away prayer whenever i deal with something hard like i think we have to get better at praying those like help me move through this prayers of like okay god like if i move through this i can come out on the other side of it and i may have scars i may be beat up and i might be battered but like i'm gonna have something to hand to somebody else and we need that in this world today. There are so many people that are fighting through the woods. There are so many people that are just feeling hopeless. We need more people that have come out on the other side and can share like, this is the hope that I found. Like, these are the things that worked. And hopefully that's going to propel people to craft and create their own maps. I love this. Yes, I'm totally with you. I think that the going through the woods is such an important part because I think even like you said earlier, the difference between playing offense and playing defense. I mm, loved that. Yeah. Because I feel like there's it's so easy for me to just get an athletic position, like wait for the next thing to come. When really what the Lord's asking me to do is to fight and identify, ask him to search and know my heart so that maybe like I could be the one to discover it first. To be like, ooh, right. We need to get rid of this pride before something comes my way and this trial like reveals this pride, you know? And and in those moments that we're able to fight forward and use maybe like the the neutral time for good, or you're in a really difficult season, you just fight through it. You just go through it. You find your cheerleaders take these practical steps. Yeah. I think yes, like the Lord can reveal so much more to us when when we choose offense instead of just being like, I'm just going to wait for something to happen, then I'll, and then I'll handle it. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> guarantee you something is going to happen. But it's like, I think that there's this part that I talk about in the um, in the book about how, like when, especially like in the Northeast, not in Atlanta, because we don't get snow here. But um, like when you're in the Northeast, like when I lived in Connecticut, like people would hear that there was a snowstorm and they would like, go to the grocery store to like clear out all the eggs and the milk um, and whatever the bread uh, for this storm, they would stock up for the storm. And like, I want to urge people to do the same thing. Like if you're not in a storm right now, still stock up, like still like 
dig your well and like be prepared for like what will come in the future because like if you don't know God and you don't know his truth and you don't know his promises and you spend no time with him, the second the storm comes, you are not going to immediately be propelled back into God's presence, right? Like you're going to be running even farther away. And so it's like, no, it's not too late to like establish that time with him, to give him Mm -hmm. the best hour or half hour of your day to have that practice of like choosing to be in his presence as like the centerpiece of your days is going to make your days and this task of fighting forward that much easier is like, okay, like you and I, like we're going to meet and we're going to deal with things and we're going to go on the offense and like, yeah, you know, like don't wait for that. Don't wait for a tragedy to happen to like figure out where your faith is. Just like start now in the normal and the ordinary and the mundane. Yes. I'm going to get real with you, Hannah. Okay? Yeah. Come on, girl. Let's go. <laughs> I think five years ago, Rachel would have been cringing through this whole conversation because I would be hearing it and I'd be like, woo, yeah, kick in the butt. Let's go. Let's do it. But then at the same time, I would be so paralyzed by fear. Mm. Like, okay, great. So maybe I can't start over, but who's to say maybe this happens all over again? Like maybe I find myself in the same position after putting forth the energy. And like fear just introduces all these lies into my heart that now not only (laughs) am I now having to overcome the situation itself, but now I'm having to overcome my own mind and like getting rid of the lies. And you have this amazing thing inside the book called the promise me you'll fail contract. Oh, yep. Yep. (laughs) And I was like, where was this five years ago? I needed this. So, okay. I just want you to speak to the girl that maybe is like, yes, Rach, I get that. Like this all sounds amazing and I'd love to, but I'm so paralyzed by the idea of messing up, maybe failing again. Yeah. And finding myself in the same position. Oh man, I know that. I, I was that person for a long time and I still am sometimes. It creeps up and you're like, oh, yeah. I know, I know that feeling, you know? But I think too, like you're gonna miss out on so many like good and glorious things that God has for you if you are just if you don't want to fail, you know? And I think a lot mm-hmm. of times it's like reframing what you classify as failure. Because to me, like it's not failure if you show up and try, you know, like that's all that we're asked to do at any given moment is just to show up and give it our best shot. And so maybe reframing what is, what does failure look like to me? Because a lot of times, like I find that failure like has a very distinct voice. It comes from a very distinct place. It might be something a parent said to you, a friend said to you, somebody who left you, someone who didn't stay, you know? And it's like, getting to the core of like, okay, why is failure so daunting to me? And what's the worst that could happen if I do fail? And so that's why that contract exists, because I want people to know you're going to fail, like you are going to fail so hard. And like, you've probably been failing this whole time, you didn't even realize it, because like, maybe we need to take the claws and the fangs off of failure and realize like, just looking at failure, like sometimes failure just means something isn't working and we need to rewire and reroute and find a new approach. And I don't want people to miss that because you will learn so much from failure, you know, like you can probably look back on failures in your life and be like, man, yeah, they weren't pleasant. Like I I didn't, I don't want to go through them a thousand times over, but like I learned a lot. I grew. I was able to help somebody else because I've stood in those shoes before. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think, I, I mean, I even think about this is so elementary, but back to even like in school, right? Like you can fail a paper. You can fail an exam without failing the class. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're ultimately going to fall on your face and face plant, but sometimes it takes a wake up like, ooh, wow, I did not put as much forth effort as maybe I should. Or, man, I took the wrong approach mm. or I was, I totally misunderstood this concept. Yeah, totally. You know? And being able to just reevaluate and be like, well, let's try this next time. And it's just, yeah, fail, I mean, failure is going to happen. I hate to be a womp womp, but like it is. And so how can we maybe treat it as a friend rather than a foe? And it's like, okay, if we want to fail, let's just get to failure faster so we can go ahead and find the next, the next best thing instead of, yeah, and continue to fight forward rather than being stuck in being so scared to make a move in my opinion, is just as much as a failure as making a move and it not work out. Yeah. And I think that that's where it's like, you know, being able to take steps back and to kind of like, you know, step out of the story for a moment to like, look at like, say for instance, you do go through a failure, you know, instead of wanting to like cover it up or put it under the rug and like have it never see the light of day, what would it look like to stop for a moment and reflect on that or like bring that to God and be like, okay, like this happened, yikes, but like, what did I learn? How am I growing? Like, what am I going to carry with me? It's all about how we see things and like the meaning that we assign to these things. Yep. Yeah. The mind shift for sure. Yeah. The mindset shift. We all need, we all need a little refresh and I hope this episode can be that for a lot of us. It is for me at least. Yeah. I can imagine there are also some people listening that are like, this sounds um, great and I'm really excited to do this, but I think it's not my failures that are holding me back. It's other people's success. Hmm. It's like seeing other people reach the things that they've wanted or they got the destination they had in mind and someone still feels like they're on Route 66 and they're like, they're in the middle of nowhere. And they're like, Hmm. I know that I'm going somewhere because I'm obviously on a, like on a road, but there's nothing out here. There's nothing out here with me. All my friends are somewhere else. And so what would you say to encourage that person? Gosh, I mean, I I think first what I would say, I would just want to encourage them by letting them know, like, you're not alone and there's nothing wrong with feeling this way. I feel like this is so normal, but it's not talked about a lot, you know, because it's another one of those topics where it's like, well, this is kind of ugly. Like I am... I'm feeling deflated by other people's success when I should really just be happy for them. And like, you're not alone. I've, I've been in that spot. I'm sure so many people that have been listening um, are either in that spot or they've been in that spot before. But I think really what you're doing is like, you're just, you're stealing the joy from your own life. Yeah. Like you're believing this lie that like, God is going to bless other people, but he's not going to bless you, you know? And like, what kind of God is that? What kind of story is that to live by, you know? And I think a lot of times I think for me, like what I had to start doing is I had to start appreciating what was in my own life. And that was through like a practice of like gratitude, choosing to be grateful for what I was given, because if we can see abundance rather than scarcity, then I think more abundance shows up, you know, like I think that we, we experience more of God's goodness, because our eyes are peeled to it, like we can see it. But I would also encourage people of like, you're not going to be able to move forward if you're so fixated on somebody else's success, 
or failure, right? Because if you're not happy about their success, and then a lot of times it's just that like, you'd probably feel more satisfied if they were failing. And like, that's really tough to swallow. Like that's like a reality call, you know? And so I think that's where it's like, you have to be willing to like put those blinders on and focus on your own race. And like, that doesn't mean you get so focused on your own race that you don't see these other people like out there killing it, but like little by little learning to celebrate people and cheer for people. And I think with that, like mindset, like I'm going to cheer for people, even if you don't feel it at first, like you keep showing up to do that and something is going to change. And like, I think that a lot of times, like we are cutting ourselves off at the knees by just like thinking that thinking this way of like, okay, like I'm just going to be inferior of everybody else's success is going to actually get us anywhere. It's like, God is doing things in your story. He's moving, but you can't see it if your eyes are on other people. That's right. Yeah. Lisa Turker says, you steer where you stare. Mm -hmm. So if you're staring at something else, you're going to be going that direction in good ways and bad. So it's like, just focus on your lane, your direction, your calling, all the things. Because there's only something Hannah Brincher can bring to the table that Rachel Autry could never and vice versa. That's just the way we've been created. Absolutely. But like that takes more and more time spent like being in your zone, being in your race, being in your element rather than watching to see what other people are going to do and then be like, well, that worked for them. So like, let me do the same thing. Like, no, you're missing out on like the magic that comes from like being open and present enough to God for God to do through you what he has wanted to do. Like that is a special kind of magic that belongs to you. Yeah, that's good. And your relationship with Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Like coming back to him, like he is the source. And so it's like, that's where I'm like, I'm so thankful for the words, but I'm just plugging into a bigger power source and he's just allowing me to borrow words and concepts. But like, he crafted them for me to use. And I can only be sitting in this spot because I chose to get away with him. I chose to be present to his message above all the the noise in the world that would tell me the formula for this is X, Y, and Z. It's like, no, God has a map for me, but like, I need time to read it and be with him and be in a creation zone with him. And that's the only way I'm going to run my best race is to constantly show up to like get my marching orders from him. Every day. Yeah. Every day. Every day. Oh, man. Yes, Hannah, that's exactly it. (laughs) Woo. I'm like, I'm on fire. I know. I know. I'm like, let's go do something. Run a marathon. (laughs) Okay. I think that obviously this book is fantastic. That is the whole reason I'm having you on the show. (laughs) But I can imagine people are listening and they're like, wow. I need this on my bookshelf. This is my next best read. So where can they find Fighting Forward? Yeah. Okay. So you can get it wherever great books are sold, um, which is bookstores. But if you're not going to bookstores in person, you can get it online. You can get it at Amazon. You can support your local indie, small bookstore. Um, and yeah, it's Fighting Forward. And if you want more info about it, just head over to hannahbruncher.com. And there's a little page dedicated to the book. I love it. Ooh, yes, you guys, run, don't walk to go get this book. It's great, especially with 2021 right here in front of us. Yeah. And like like Anna said, we don't need a fresh start, but I think that this would be a great opportunity for us to reevaluate, mm. continue forward with 
new year. What are you loving these days that you have to share with the oh people? Gosh, what am I loving right now that I should share with people? Um, okay. This seems so basic, but I'm going to say it because if I'm being honest, it's what I'm loving. Um, What's up? okay. Tell so me. I'm loving, this is so weird coming out of my mouth. I'm loving decaf coffee right now. That sounds weird. No way. Yeah. So I obviously like in the morning I drink caffeine or whatever it is. I, and you're a black coffee girl. Yep. I drink it black. But um, recently at night I've been settling into this routine of being able to like just brew a cup of just black decaf coffee and it feels like my little treat. Like I just... I don't know. Like, I feel like such a rebel drinking coffee at night because like usually like <laughs> coffee will keep me up all night. And it never dawned on me of like, oh, no, you could drink decaf and like not stay up all night. And I just I don't know. I've just been loving my nightly routine of having like my little cup of decaf coffee. It feels like I'm, you know, like when you go to a restaurant and like you after dinner get a cup of coffee, like I'm like, wow, I can do that every night. That's amazing. <laughs> For like, free at my house. Right? Yeah. Like, I'm so fancy. <laughs> that is so fun. Well, I've been on decaf because yep, I was baby. Yep. And um, I ha- found, like, decaf coffee I actually really like. Yeah. Because I feel like – I don't know. And and also I didn't know you can ask for decaf lattes. I had always imagined espresso only being caffeinated. Wait, I didn't it's know not. that. Yes. So I've been asking for decaf lattes and they're like, got you. I'm like, thanks. Wait, wow. Who knew? I didn't know that. I like yeah. that would save me so much for all the times I go to Starbucks and I'm like, no, 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 it's too late in the day to get coffee. Like I could get Girl. decaf. I just got you in trouble. Wow. Okay. Well, that's where I'm going. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, now we can all go get our two o'clock in the afternoon. Oh my gosh, right? from Starbucks. Starbucks Love always it. sending me those like, buy one, get one. It's happy hour. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm like, two times the points. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hannah, thank you so much. This has been exactly what I needed. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you for having me. I mean, I love chatting about this stuff and I hope that people feel encouraged and ready to just go into the new year. This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode.